Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. We are trying to figure out who's doing what this morning, and um, we're drawing straws, and apparently I drew the short one. So, <laughs> so uh, this morning, if, if you are new, you're visiting, you're a guest, uh, as a church, we've been going through the book of Galatians this entire summer, and this, we, we finished up last week, Pastor Noah preached the last passage on, commun- on circumcision. Allegedly. We'll see what happens in the future. There's a lot of passages that that come back around to circumcision. The inside joke is that Pastor Noah ended up getting literally all of those passages. So it was the judgment of God, probably. I don't know. (laughs) If, you know, if you need someone to, you know, preach on that topic, I do know someone. Maybe myself. (laughs) Maybe at another church or something. Maybe we'll start a circuit, you know. (laughs) But we're, so we're just going to start with a little icebreaker, because yep. sometimes you just have to be normal yep. and not so uppity when we're having conversations. What's your favorite food? Favorite food. I'm very passionate about food. It's true. It's one of my few. It could be a category of food. It's, it doesn't yeah. have to be one dish, but. I'm very, very passionate about food. If there's one thing I'm into is like food and cooking <laughs> and eating and finding weird and bizarre foods, too. That's real, too. Real man. ethnic type stuff I like to find. and um, So it's a big topic in my house. Um, <laughs> I would probably say, probably sushi. Any sort Good of call. Asian food, though. Oh, my gosh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, probably sushi, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about pastorel? Um, definitely, uh, beef. Yeah. 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 Specific, little, just anything, just a cow. A just, little more. Like any part of the cow. I'm a little more um, inland. Huh? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, you know, steak. Oh, okay. would be, yeah. Favorite steak. cut. What's the favorite um, cut? Favorite cut. Um, it's important. Ribeye. Okay. Ribeye. You, Ri- you know, ribeye. You know, uh, rib roast, oh, prime yeah, ribs, okay, yeah. okay. just like all of that goodness. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good. So what was your favorite thing about the book of Galatians? Let's start Ooh. right there, and then we'll, hmm. we'll keep tracking. <laughs> yeah, someone just said circumcision. Besides circumcision. <laughs> where you're banned from talking about circumcision. So. Um, my favorite part about the thing of Galatians. Um, I really much... We just ended up reading, obviously, because you're you're preaching through it, and so you end up reading so much about, you know, you, you end up knowing the book almost forward and backwards, and so reading it over and over and over again, and then reading a lot of commentaries and stuff like that, um, I I found myself very fascinated, and even and even. Um, before it was like this thing of like I don't get it why they have such a hard time giving up these old laws and these old things. Um, and that's the whole thing. They're like, you need to get rid of this old sac- or, um, ceremonial law and you need to embrace Christ. That's yeah. the whole point of the book. And so before it was really, it, you know, it's just like, well, why can't you just give this up and follow Jesus? In diving in further into the kind of the context of it by reading all these things, you understand how entrenched their culture is 
into the ceremonial law and how tough it is for them to really break away from that. Now, taking that thought and that idea of, you know, Paul getting after them and being like, just get rid of this and embrace Christ. I, I applied that to us as Americans or to myself as a Christian and how tough it has been for me and for us at times to break away from old things and to embrace Christ. And in that, in our traditions or ideas or even thoughts of the world or any old thing, you can apply it to your own life. That's what was really fascinating to me about the book of Galatians was this, this thing of, I, I know it extra in 2023, am no different than this, these people in Galatia. They're wrestling with something in trying to embrace Christ. I wrestle with something in trying to yeah. embrace Christ. And so for me, that was kind of yeah. a, a major hitting point yeah. when I was reading throughout yeah, the Yeah, that's summer. really good. What about Pastor Raul? Favorite thing? You know, I was just looking through um, a couple of texts of Scripture. I, I think the, the favorite thing to me for Galatians is um, the writing style of the Apostle Paul. And I don't know, maybe, maybe this will resound with some of you. Uh, you know, there are personalities that some are more grace-filled than others. Some are more hard-lined than others. And, and so you, you can kind of have an affinity for maybe different. Well, this letter, the Apostle Paul is pretty hard-lined at the beginning, right? And sometimes that resounds with me. Like sometimes I need to be like slapped upside the head, so to speak. Like, oh, wow, yeah, thank you for telling. And that's how he, that's, that's how he writes. It's a... Right, we we don't find this writing style any, anywhere else in any of the other letters that he wrote. Like it was, and then he comes back around in love to the people, and he you know he tries to bring it. He does bring it full circle uh, into into the freedom in Christ. And so I think that's what hits me is just kind of like that that he's he's a human inspired by God to write this letter in a confrontive way, and then and so speaks directly to the issue, and then yeah. Yeah. you know, brings it back around. Yeah, I love that as well. I love that passion. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it's really hard hitting, but it's, it's, it's really passionate. Like all the words in there, some of them are really abrasive. Like he's literally talking about like, I wish the people that were basically um, leading you astray would be cut off, right? And if you kind of get the understanding what he's saying, he's like circumcision, but actually just, it's very intense language. And, um, and it kind of, I think it really, it's, it's cool to see something in a pastoral letter that's so, I'm not talking about that part, that part specifically, right? but, but the idea of just how passionate he is about people. Yeah. Um, and that's really a, a reflection of sometimes what it is to be a pastor and to be in ministry is that you see people going a certain way and you're just like, please, for the love of the Lord, don't do that. Um, it's going to ruin your life. It's going to wreck your life, all these things. And yet um, people are going to do what they're going to do many, many times. Um, and so I, I love seeing in the scripture this passion for, you know, just people and just being like, please listen, listen to what, you know, we're, the, the, the Apostle Paul specifically is trying to encourage people and freedom. So it's really beautiful. I mean, because in the last, I think it's maybe chapter five, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And if you're a believer for any length of time, you begin to quickly understand this principle, almost like it's ingrained into everything of reaping and sowing, or sowing and reaping, I mean. And uh, in Galatians, he talks about that, um, about reaping the the fruits of the Spirit in your life. And so, like, the longer you're a Christian, 
the more that you can kind of see when people are sowing the wrong thing. Yeah. And it's really easy, you know, from the outside, you know, looking in, and you can be like, don't do that. Like, <laughs> don't throw those seeds. Because I, sometimes I think we mistake where we think we can only grow good things in our lives, in the garden of our right, heart. Right. You can also grow very bad things. Yeah. And both of those things, if you allow them to go to their ends and to fruit, you're going to eat of those things. Um, just like just like when you read in Galatians 5, it's like the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, I love that. You yeah, know? that's good. Yeah. There's an antithesis of that. There's an opposite of that. And so sometimes I think, you know, if you're a Christian, you, you can see this too. You can see people sowing the wrong thing in their life. And it's really heartbreaking and really hard. And you're just like, no, 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 no. We need to get those seeds out. We don't want that thing to grow. We don't want that thing to come to fruit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sowing and reaping and yeah. uh, seeds and, and having things grow. Do you think there's ever a poss- an opportunity or a, what is, is there a roundup, so to speak, for those kinds of things? Like, is there, is there a way to, to get at and so you don't have to reap? Does anyone ever not reap yeah. what they've sown? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes you don't reap what you sow. Right, like, I, and I'm saying that in in the context of my own life, the mercy of God met me in certain places in my life, and I did not get what I actually deserved. Um, but the truth here here's the here's the tough thing about biblical truth, even is that it's all held in tension, right? It's all held in these tensions of you should do this, and this is a, an observation about how life is, right? Like if you've read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the Book of Job, the wisdom literature. They seem to be saying different things, but taken as a whole, it's the truth, right? I've observed all these things, but the truth is sometimes you do all the right things and bad things happen to you, right? And then sometimes people do all the wrong things and it seems like they get away with it, you know, which is later in in the the text course, Paul is just like, remember you're dealing with God who's going to see everything anyway, and you can get away with it for now, but everybody at some point will stand before the Lord in that judgment, and so sometimes, yeah, sometimes you don't, yeah. right? Sometimes in my own life, I was like, I deserved maybe some jail time or something, but I never got it. Yeah. Actually, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> great. It's a great story. <laughs> I, 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 too, I, I, I've seen that even in my own life, you know, it's... Um, uh, the grace of God's working that covers, or the mercy of God that, 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 that covers, and that you don't get what you deserve. Um, now, I have reaped much in my life that I have sown um, and have had to work through. And I think that's what I appreciate about even this text you know, working through in Galatians is that that contrast of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit and and shows us that life that that, that life difference um, in that. And so um, it, I got to say, even as a pastor, you know, you, you talk, talked about the Apostle Paul, you know, dealing with it. sometimes even, you know, as pastors overlay scripture on people's lives where people are transparent and open about that. Um, 
it's it's really difficult because you you don't want to you don't you aren't out to purposely offend people right and so sometimes reading the scripture to people and then pointing to different things um can can have this adverse reaction it's just the human experience and and um and you have to really go into this like i go into this with fear and trembling because it's like you're talking to people and you don't know how they're going to take it when it's clearly written in scripture and and that's a challenge i don't know that's an offshoot here but uh. yeah. and you know it's there are really natural consequences to things that you know we are this blend of spirit soul and body you know and so there are natural consequences that outplay in your life um very much so like if you committed a crime and you actually did do jail time um and you got saved <laughs> everyone looked at drew you know <laughs> And you, you know, in the midst that you got saved, it's not like your jail times is going to be eradicated because you're like, no, 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 Jesus forgives me. <laughs> it's just like, yes, he does forgive you for that, but there are natural consequences that are going to play out in your life. And I think that maybe you're a new believer or maybe you can speak into the life of a new believer. Um, sometimes that's a, that is a delicate walk for them because they, they get saved, their life is getting turned around, and they're trying to pursue Christ but they're seeing all these natural consequences of all these years. You almost have to harvest that crop, so to speak, and then plant new. And that's what's really, really beautiful with, you know, with Christ. It's like he'll be with you in that process and grace and mercy with that process. But a lot of times it's like if you've lived a life, lived a life that is not with Christ, it's like there will be some things that are going to have to play themselves out and then now you have this beautiful opportunity to plant something new. And then tend that garden, follow the Holy Spirit, and then you will reap of the things that you see in Galatians. Joy, peace, patience. Like you will reap of those. And, but it does, take, it does take time. It does take time, and it is a process. That, 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 is, the, that is the statement when the Apostle Paul writes, the life I now live in Christ. Mm. Uh, now, I now live, now live, not, not the former life, right? Yeah. Like the life I now live in Christ. And, um, and it's that contrast of all the other things. Like he's, he's getting at, you know, you know, he's writing this letter because he's heard rumors. He's heard uh, people sending feedback about what's happening in one of the churches he planted. And there was dissension and divisions and arguments and envy and jealousy and all it's the human condition, right? Like people, people struggling for the mic, so to speak, and, or people giving direction. Um, and it's, it's not unlike Grace Harvest Church. I think we have a great church, right? We have a great church. But, but sometimes there can be little things that pop up here and there that are like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, ooh, okay. The Lord wants us to be in unity. And the main thing is the main thing. I think you highlighted this last so I don't want to steal your thunder here on this, uh, but okay. So, but it, but, you know, Jesus is above all, yeah. like, like, like Jesus, it's all about Jesus all the time. And, 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 and everything else is, is below that. And so, so when we, when we don't see eye to eye, we have to default to you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. You're a believer. I'm a believer. You love the Lord. I love the Lord. We may not agree on everything, but I am for you, not against you. And let's Absolutely. let's do this right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the one of the major, um, you know, themes in the last part of it. Right, is like the law of Christ. 
like bear these things with one another. And he's talking, and the whole context is people, like relationships with each other. And sometimes we, you know, we get very philosophical about the fruits of the spirit, but it's like, it's literally with people. It's about people. And he end caps it with be good to each other. Don't provoke each other, all these types of, of things. And it's all relational. And, I think sometimes we, we kind of forget that and it makes it really easy for us to not view people the way that new, new creations and like the family of God are supposed to interact with each other. And uh, it's like really easy to be patient when you're by yourself. Absolutely. I'm just going to be super patient. <laughs> Have self control. You drive down yeah. the fill at like 5 p.m. Yeah. You're like, do none of these people know how to drive? You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, or or having kids as a dad. One hundred percent. I thought I was really really patient, yeah. and then I had kids, and I'm like, I don't think I have it at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So fulfilling the law of Christ, right? Like yeah. bearing uh, burdens with one another, and and really it comes down to a lot of humility, yeah. and that is a really tough one to wrestle out of um, ourselves, just as people, right? Is this like. Um, the same type of humility that Jesus had to listen to the Father, go to the cross, right? And be like, not, not my will, but your will be done. And that's the same idea that we're supposed to have with each other. And that's very difficult sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's probably the root to a lot of things, yeah. Like, just pride, because it just, it puts your way above the way of Christ. The Apostle Paul says, you know, um, later in these chapters, if, if anyone falls, fails, is in sin, then we should restore them gently. Think, think about this. Think about this. Think about the Christian experience and about when people f- fail in sin. Okay. They go wayward. They do their own thing. They, they just stumble. And in in the Apostle Paul just laid out all of these works of the flesh, right? Like all sexual immorality, quarreling, all this stuff. And then he says, if anyone amongst you fails, restore them gently, graciously. Think about the type of people we can be if we were to graciously restore people and gently restore them and bring them back and... And, and show them that the Lord has placed value in them. That's it, tough to I mean, do. Really tough to do. It can be. Yeah. I oftentimes think when we've done that or have had to do that with, you know, with this people of the church, I think of that grace that extended to them yeah. by God is the same grace that has to be extended to me. Yeah. And that I am no different. And I am in desperate need of the same grace that needs to be dispensed, you know? Exactly what Paul says, yeah. right? He says, like, be careful when you go to somebody and say, hey, I see this in your life that you don't fall into the trap of pride, right? Like, that's a really tricky one to get into, and, and that's exactly it, right? You, you come back to that, like, with humility because we all need grace. We've all come our journey, right? We've all come from somewhere, and it... It probably isn't, um, you know, a super proud, joyous moment to talk about where we came from, the journey of grace, right? It's a beautiful thing. But when you recognize where you would be apart from the grace of God, um, that will keep you humble. It should keep you humble. <laughs> it, it hopefully it will. Do you, f- do you find that, um, you know, 
we have the we have the ability to have the whole Bible with us in front of us, right? So like, you know, we could, we could, we know the scripture, we could read through it. And I want to encourage you to read through the scripture to, to, to know it. But, but we have the beauty in Galatia. They had, they had time with the apostle Paul and one letter. That was the whole of their experience in walking and in, in figuring out and understanding what it meant to be a Christian. And so, so in, in some ways I feel like you know, in, in being able to have this ability to look back and think, thank you, Lord, for the instruction and compilation that we have now, we can see more holistically what, what the thread of, of grace through the scripture is. But, but, what, but what about at times when, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, at Galatians and there, you know, the Apostle Paul is really instructing like unity, like his heart was for unity. And just think about this, like look around this church right here, like all these people, and these are the people that you're to have Christ-like unity with, and when that doesn't seem to be happening, how we can come back to the overarching thing, Lord, you know, you have it, you're, 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 you're big, you're the thing, um, not easy. Also, it's really encouraging that the early church wrestled with that. You know, to me, when I, when I read through all those things, I'm like, that's encouraging. That should encourage us that, um, that humans are humans, regardless of how long ago it was. We're, we're going to have issues working out what it means to be the family of God. Um, but it's the preeminence of Jesus in everything, right? And, and, and the Holy Spirit working through faith that produces all the stuff that we actually need to be working together and to be in unity. Yeah, but we can get, I mean, in, in Galatians, you see them get real bent out of shape for one reason. <clears throat> I hate to bring it up, but it is the main point. They get bent out of shape because, like, these Christians are being brought into the faith, but they're Gentiles, and they're not circumcised. And the Jews, the Jewish Christians are like, what are you doing? You have to be this. And they get bent out of shape. And for us, looking back, we're like, that seems so silly. Like, you really care that much about this status or not? Like, that seems, but I do feel like now, take that, con- take that context, I do feel like we overlay old things or even preferential things above Christ sometimes. And we make it this really, really big deal where you're just like, I don't like this. And you're like, Okay, like <laughs> we are now on different planes, but now the thing that is was to bind us is not our preferences, but it's Christ. It's Jesus is the thing that binds us. It's not like if you prefer this or prefer that or have this status or don't have this status. It's all of us are brought to one level because of Jesus. Yeah. And he, and he goes on further. He's like, there's neither, you know, slave nor Greek or free. No Jew, no Greek. He, he dismantles all of that. And I feel like, you know, just reading into it and overlaying on our church, I get so bent out of shape about the silliest things. <laughs> we're just like, wait, we're going to do this graphic or this slide? <laughs> we picked what color for the back wall? <laughs> we did this, we did that, you know, and it's just, but it all boils down to there's just these silly preferences in keeping Christ central or Jesus is number one, the main thing. Yeah. Sometimes you can really see the preferential thing um, 
when, you know, in our church at times we have a way. If you've ever visited other churches, yeah, yeah. they have a culture. We have a culture. People coming into our church, we have a way of doing it. Um, you know, I think of the modern day version of the issue of circumcision, yeah. the rule, whatever that would, whatever be. That would yeah. be to to worship God. The modern day thing is like, have you ever have you ever met somebody or talked with somebody who's reading a new book, <laughs> or or went, just came back from a conference? Or is just doing something different, and then they come back and share their experience, and then, and then maybe insist that the new thing that God's doing happens this way. It's like CrossFit, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and and sometimes you have to you have to walk through those those things to, sh- to, to at the end of the day say you can worship that way, we can worship this yeah. way. The main thing is Jesus, yeah. right? Like we're here for for one thing, or or you can read that book, you can do this book, but the main thing is, is Jesus and, and the text of the scripture in the heart. And, I, and so, and I love that the apostle Paul doesn't neglect the referencing of fruit of the spirit yep. and the Holy Spirit, yep. because I think at the end of the day, that relationship with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to work through us is, is the crux of it. Yeah. I think it's, It's Americans, as Americans, we probably don't like this, but we actually, I think just as people, we actually love to be enslaved by other things that are not Jesus. Um, And what I mean by that is a harsh word to describe, but we get so infatuated with other things in our lives, and we could go on probably a whole list of them, but it's it's like part of what's in humanity. You see it in... It's like the Israelites... That's Melting exactly where I'm going. And re- exactly. Yeah. yeah, Exodus. You see Same in Exodus, thing. bringing them into the promised land, you know, all this stuff. They're like, at least we had bread in Egypt. And then that's one of the references that Paul is using, right? He's using this whole thing like, what is, what is happening with us as people when we've been given this freedom? We're new creations, a new way to live. And yet we're always going back to something else and Jesus and not just Jesus. There's just always this addition. There's a new conference. There's a new thing. There's a CrossFit games, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Because it, it really, you know, we talk about this sometimes. It's like there is no other way, there is no other thing that you can, or adjective that you can add before Christian. It's like you can't, you're just a Christian. You can't be like, you know, I'm an angry Christian, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's just like everything gets dropped down. And everything just gets left behind. And it's just like, you're only now a follower of Jesus. And what he says is, you know, you got to deny yourself and follow him. Pick up your cross and follow him. And that really does look different for each person um, in the leading of the Holy Spirit as they follow Jesus. Um, And I think that's a big thing, even in the book of Galatians, I see is these preferential things that are trying to overlay and I'm sure the, the Jews had, like, really good convictions. But the thing is, like, Paul was getting at it. He's like, that's fine that that's your convictions. But your conviction isn't the thing that saves you. It's Jesus. And your conviction can't be placed on another person. That's crazy. You may be circumcised, but you can't be like, you have to do this too. It's like, that. it gets so wild. But I, I do feel like we, we do that in our own way. Um, we place our convictions that are necessarily not salvation oriented and we place them upon other people oh yeah and the and the end of galatians he says they did that because they were afraid of persecution 
right? So, some, so they did it out of a fear of man of what is everybody else going to think about this group of people who are trying to follow Jesus and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot there. It does seem like in the book of Galatians there was a nefarious group that were coming against the Apostle Paul and what in trying to dislodge his disciples from him with the idea that they came into this gathering looking around, okay, you all are, are Paulites or Pauline followers, right? And you're following this gospel that he shared. It's not the full thing. We're going to tell you more. Do this. And, and, um, and I think, you know, sometimes we've even, we've even experienced it. We've had people come in here and, and try to trump it a certain way. You guys need to change. You need to do this thing, something different. And, um, and we've had to confront that um, at times and um, take a stand for the gospel, so to speak. And, um, and that's fine if it's your conviction for things. I, I think those are the things that are to lead you. You know, um, our convictions, even amongst the three of us, we probably all rest in probably the primary things. But even like what we would eat or what we would watch or what we would drink would probably alter or differ between each of us because of conviction. And sometimes I always hear the line like where people are like, well, they're watching it. Why can't I watch it? <laughs> and I'm like, that's not the issue. The issue is what is the Lord saying to you about that? I always say, I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about you. <laughs> and what is the Lord telling you to not watch, you to not do, you to not partake in? And that's the most important thing. We like to kind of like get it really like existential or even think about it a larger way. And you're like, no, like what's the Lord calling you to give up? And he'll keep you right at that point until you're obedient. Because what it really boils down to sometimes is, are you willing to be obedient? And just like call back all the way back to, um, the Israelites getting put in the wilderness, freed out of Egypt, They're, they kept getting taken around the mountain over and over and over again, would never enter the promised land because the Lord was trying to get them to be obedient. Moses never got out of the, God never got into the promised land because the Lord, and I'm sure the Lord had conversations with him about it, he was so angry and he never gave it up. And so he couldn't enter it. And that's what he actually prohibited from it. And so, I feel like for us, it's like, it's like, Lord, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling me? And maybe let that conviction drive you where it's just like, maybe I shouldn't be watching this show. Like as simple as that. Yeah. Or maybe I shouldn't be listening to this or maybe I shouldn't be doing this type of thing. Yeah, 100%. That, that's one of the... One of the, in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, who was probably Paul, but there's a lot of debate about that, but he, he makes the, the statement um, of, you know, lay aside every weight and sin. Lay aside every weight and sin. So sometimes, and, and I said this first service, so I'll just, for your own benefit. Okay, the, the, the Romans and the Greek games, they ran naked back in the day. You, you didn't want to know that, but now you know a little bit of history. So they ran with no clothes on. So that, that's what Paul is referring to. He's just like, whatever is hindering you, and, and, he, and he says the same thing in Galatians. He's like, you are running well, what hindered you? Right? And so sometimes that, that's the, the difficult part of that conversation is like, maybe it's not sin, but is it holding you back? Is it holding you back from doing something that you know you should be doing? And, um, and that's where you have to be really spirit-led, you know? I mean, one of the things that think about something that's not inherently sinful is like video games. You're just like, it just a video game doesn't matter. It's just it is whatever. But if you 
as like a young person, or I talk to young people about this, I'm like, how long do you play video games? They're like, oh, I played for like 12 hours yesterday. Yeah. Real conversation. Or, or I have them check their phone and see how much time they spent on their phone. The largest one in the, or the largest time in one day was 18 hours on their phone. And I'm like, I don't mean to step on any toes, but I think you have an issue. <laughs> and the thing is, it's, it's a really easy barometer for your own soul. It's just to be like, give that thing up. And if your instant response is, oh, I can never do that. Oh, then you found the thing that maybe you should give up. And give it, a, you know, you talked about first service, about fasting. You found the thing that's enslaved you. Yes. Yeah. And that's, in, that's where it comes back around. It's like you found that thing. The thing that you don't want to give up is, is the thing that enslaves you, right? And, or maybe you were free to it and then it re-enslaved you. Yeah, absolutely. Or a new thing enslaved you. This whole talk of slavery is like, um, I think that is the thing that we, we forget that we are in the kingdom of Christ when we have decided to follow Christ. And we move from being a slave to sin to a slave to righteousness. Um, not in a legalistic way, but in the way that we have a master and, and Lord. And I think those words we don't readily understand, like what it means when we use these, this terminology, like we are, we are submitting to the idea that Christ is ruler over everything and that there is a way that he's laid out for us. And the Apostle Paul writes, writes um, he says, you know, I can do anything. Not everything is beneficial for me, right? And so, so think about that, that context. Like it's, it's, a, it's a buffet out there of things, but, but what are you going to sow that you're going to have to reap, and is that consequence the thing or that fruit, the resulting thing of that, the thing that you want to, to eat of or, or partake in? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. And it's like, and it is this blend. You best be careful kind of what you allow in here and here. Um, and allow that to influence your heart and your mind because it will influence your life. And um, sometimes it's something other than Christ. And then you apply that to maybe the church or your walk with the Lord. And it's like, no, 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 you added something some along, along the journey. Um, I think one of the more, the thing that when I was a young person, I think one of the most dangerous things I did was I started reading scripture and I just let it, I just read the Bible as is. And what's so wild is when you just read the Bible, which you should be reading the Bible a lot, and you just let it speak as it is, you understand how much little things we kind of add to it. And even in my own life, I was adding all this stuff, and I'm just like, it says pretty plainly some of these things. Really simple one is just like, I'm like, okay, there's a sick person. What am I supposed to do with them? In the Bible, I read this, lay hands on them and pray. <laughs> and we see that in Scripture, but then we see people sometimes argue about these things or argue about these things, this and that, and this was for this, this was for that. And I'm just like, if you just read the Bible and let it be as is, and just don't try to overlay your own preferences, fears, or ideologies into it, and you just read it and just follow Jesus, just read the Bible and try to practice it, it will change your life and it will radically alter it. And it will reveal things about you and what you kind of got in you. Yeah. In the, in the same way, that also goes on like um, sin patterns, right? Yeah. Like like life. We we, I think I think it's it's oftentimes we can try to excuse our way through the scripture, 
on behavioral things and try to find modern day interpretations on this this historic way and and the way that is that is written through scripture is pretty pretty clear and it's part of following christ is like i am yielding and submitting my way to adopt this way and um and you can't kind of have both that's a that's the thing too is like you can't have like whatever cultural trend in christ you know both and yeah, I think that's one of the one of the difficult things is if we start to look like culture, if we start to look like, and for lack of a better term, the world, and I don't mean look as in physically, I mean what we believe up here begins to align out there, that's a good way to check yourself a little bit and be like, oh, wait a second, I'm not sure if this is actually kingdom type of behavior, kingdom principles, you know, church history is a great way to, to go through some of those things and see like what historically has the church believed about all sorts of different stuff. But if we begin to, again, even think like that, um, we've been given an actual different way to live. And so there should be a difference in how we think, how we live, all those, all those fun things. I think kind of, um, we're about out of time. Um, I would like to add or just kind of get your final kind of thoughts or maybe even something that we could take home from reading the book of Galatians so much for each of us. Um, what is something that kind of stood out to you that we could kind of take home with us, a thought, an idea? Yeah, I think Pastor Raul alluded to this a little bit, but, um, but for me it was unity. Um, there is, again, you know, something we kind of already touched on, but there's a lot of different beliefs about a lot of different things just in this room. Um, and then we go to first service and, and all the people. There's just so many different things. Um, there is a hundred different ways for us to um, approach each other combatively as opposed to as family. And we have to be able to focus on unity in Jesus, right? Fulfilling the law of Christ. Like that, that is our goal as believers. And it's, it's so easy to um, do what's happening out there. Yeah, not I mean, supposed it, to be what's happening in here. It's really illustrative yeah. of how there's so much disunity in American culture right now. And that's maybe happening out here, but not here. You know, we're all unified under Christ, you know, and so. I think Galatians' takeaway for me is the tension of self-evaluation of being and displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the recognition that I need more of that. I need the Holy Spirit to move in my life more, and I need more of the fruit of the Spirit in my life, and then to recognize and, and call it what it is when works of the flesh happen through me, right? I'm not immune from from those things. I'm human, just like the rest of people. And so being able to call that and have people around me who can call it out, like the freedom to do that as well. Yeah, and for me, I <clears throat> I think about Paul's line in Galatians, he says, you know, you were running well, what hindered you? And that really has been like the thing that has been kind of in my mind or I've been chewing on throughout the summer has been like, you know, I find myself to be running well. And then all of a sudden I look look back and I had tied on to myself, (laughs) maybe an old thing or an old issue or even a new thing. And so just even in me, just like, Wanting the Lord, 
to really help me continue to run free and be free and to run, run unhindered and not pick up these old things. Because um, really, really, it is really, really frustrating, I think, is the biggest thing I can think of is Paul talks about, you know, it's just like, I do the thing I don't want to do. You know, it's one of his lines. <laughs> and I think that if you've walked with the Lord, you understand that tension. And it's almost a daily tension of trying to do things and live life a different way. And you're trying to follow the ways of Christ. And then ever so often you get these things that kind of creep in and jump in and it's in the old way. And so, yeah, for me, it is a huge thing of just like, Lord, I, I don't want to be hindered and I don't want to go back to the old way. Lord, help me maintain this new way in following Jesus in my heart and in my mind.